Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Bible Breakdown. We have got a special episode on tap because, as those of you in the Solid Rock world probably know, this week is one of our family worship weekends, so we are not going to be doing our normal kids' ministry, so we are uh, not going through our Gospel Project material this week. We'll start that back up for next Sunday, Um, but I did want to just take a time just to share with y'all just some a topic that's kind of been on my heart recently, um, one that I think is really relevant to us in this day and age and something that um, really I've I've been thinking a lot through in a few different arenas, Um, something I've been talking to adults about, kids about, uh, myself about, being uh, self-reflective with myself about it. Um, And really that issue, I guess, if I were to sum it up, is the power of listening. So that itself is obviously not the issue, but that's kind of the topic here. But the issue being we live in a world that is so contentious right now, right? I don't think that I have to tell you that. I know that you are aware of that. Um, There's an argument around every corner. It doesn't matter where we are. Um, It's it's everywhere. Um, And I do want to just preface this. I'm not a things are worse than they've ever been kind of person. A, you know, I'm in my late 20s, I haven't seen all that many times, right? But um, I like to always quote a a former professor of mine named John Hanna. He says, things have always been bad. We've just forgotten a lot. Okay, so sometimes it can feel like the longer we go on, like, oh, things are just worse and worse. We can look back at human history and say, no, things have pretty much always been bad. Our culture today is not categorically, objectively worse than it was 20 years ago, 40 years ago, 60 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, 2,000 years ago, 5,000 years ago, okay? We, as humanity, always are bad. Things are always bad uh, with humans. That's just what we, that's what we do. That's the thing we're best at is we create difficulty and challenges and we can't get along. So uh, it's only in a, a place where Christ enters in and makes a change that we have any hope of ever getting along with one another Um, ever not just being a people that create evil. We're only capable of that through what Christ has done through the Holy Spirit's work in us. So I want to say, even that being said, we do live in an especially contentious world, a very argumentative world. There's a lot of things to argue about. I'm just going to throw out a few things. And again, these aren't going to be, these aren't secrets to you, but just just a couple things that came to mind. Uh, Politics, vaccines, vaccine mandates, masks, mask mandates, Climate change, police reform, race relations, sexuality, and pretty much every one of those has 10 subcategories under it, right? Those aren't, um, especially if you think about politics, that's just a very vague word. But I think you can probably think of whatever issue um, comes up in, in your circle, in your family, in your workplace. Um, so that's just like a list of a few. And again, they have so many subcategories that you could spend the rest of the day trying to think of things, probably think of 100 or more. Um, And then it's not even just the issues that we have. Um, The lines are getting blurred between where those issues are issues and where they're not. So we have disagreements within families, at our workplace, at school or the kids' school, on social media, in church, pretty much everywhere you go. You may not talk to people about it at the grocery store. You know what? You might. I don't know. Um, It seems like it's everywhere. It follows us everywhere. It's in the news. Um, It is just absolutely... 
absorbed everybody into its pull. Um, nobody is in a place where they feel like, oh yeah, me and everyone I know live in perfect harmony about all of these issues and we never have any disagreements. And again, I think too, we just have access to so many more people now too, through social media and the internet. And so it seems like uh, even if those people right around us aren't people that we're disagreeing with, it almost seems like that because they're at our fingertips on our phone, on our computers, all that good stuff. So, um, and in all of these places, on all of these issues, I really want to encourage you, I want to encourage myself toward a countercultural model. And that is to listen is more powerful than to speak. To hear someone, to understand someone has more influence than to talk to them about what I think. Okay, and this isn't um, my idea. I did not invent it. I'm sure many of you have heard something of that nature before in some in some way that's been spoken to you uh, one way or another. You've heard like it's better to listen than speak. Um, but this is also something we see regularly come up throughout scripture. So this is not a conversation in a vacuum and just like a um, here's a life coach, um, life goals, you know, to get you on track to live your best life. You know, this, this is a scriptural ideal that, um, in, in these times when things are so contentious, the church, meaning capital C church, all believers, all people who call in the name of the Lord, we have an opportunity to really stand out, not by the way that we speak by the, but by the way that we listen and the way that we understand. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to go rapid fire with um, several passages, uh, Old Testament, New Testament, um, then just give a little bit of, of summary and talk a little bit about what does it mean to have power in listening? What does it mean for the way that I listen to be more influential than what I say? Okay, so we're going to jump around quite a bit here. The first verse I'm going to start with um, is Philippians 2, 3 through 4. It says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than yourselves. Let each of you look not only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. So then we move on to James 1:19. Know this, my beloved brothers. Let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to speak to anger. And then as you might guess, there's plenty of Proverbs on this topic too. Proverbs 10, 19, when words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whomever restrains his lips is prudent. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. Proverbs 18, 2, a fool takes no pleasure in understanding, but only in expressing his opinion. Proverbs 18, 13, if one gives an answer before he hears, it is his folly and shame. Now moving into some more New Testament passages, Titus 3, 1 through 3, remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle and to show perfect courtesy toward all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, Slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. James 1.26, if anyone thinks he is religious and does not bridle his tongue, but deceives his heart, this person's religion is worthless. 
Exodus 14, 14, the Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. That's when they are about to cross the Red Sea that uh, Moses says that to the people when they've got the Egyptians on their heels. So I just threw a, a lot at you. That's just a lot. That's kind of a scattershot of things that scripture says on this uh, on this topic. But really what you see rise to the surface regularly is the idea that I would consider someone more important than myself, that I would show courtesy and honor to one another um, is one of those things that comes to the top that we, instead of viewing my opinion, my words are the most important that I consider listening to somebody, showing them honor as more important. Now, I'm going to be frank with you. Um, there are going to be a lot of, of times when you talk to people where your opinion is better. Okay, let's just get that on the table. Like there are going to be people's opinions that you're going to hear them and you're going to say, I think that's a really bad opinion. And objectively, you may be right, but that's really not the point we're driving at here. Okay, the idea is that it doesn't matter if we're going to take a straw poll and see who thinks whose opinion is better, but rather it's the relational aspect. Okay, at the end of the day, um, and we're going to talk a little bit about these, this, but these these issues are not the root of the problem. Okay, you have to remember that. I have to remember that there's a a person behind the opinion on an issue, right? There's a person with a set of experiences, with a set of triumphs, set of defeats, hurts, people they've hurt, experiences they've gone through that are behind whatever this opinion is on this topic. We do not come to um, have strong opinions on topics such as the ones I mentioned at the beginning in a vacuum, right? We're people, we have experiences, those things shape us. And for us, I hope that we are shaped largely by scripture and what God would have us do. But even in the midst of that, we have to recognize, I have to recognize that my opinion on a topic has been shaped by my experiences. And sometimes in unhealthy ways. Okay, so that's just kind of a, we'll get into that a little bit more. So that's one thing we see rise to the top. Another thing we see rise to the top, I think we especially see in these Proverbs verses, is that a person who's going to be quick to speak and speak a lot is going to generally be regarded in scripture as a fool, again, in a vacuum. Um, And a person who listens to not only what other people are saying, but advice, uh, a person who thinks Um, a person who seeks understanding is going to be generally regarded as wise. Now I say that because I say in general or in a vacuum, because again, you could speak more than another person and have more wisdom, right? Okay. If you speak 55% of the time and somebody else speaks 45% of the time, that doesn't actually mean they necessarily have more wisdom than you. But what we are, what the scripture is saying, you'd rather be in the 45%. You'd rather be the one doing more listening than doing more speaking. Um, I, the Proverbs 10, 19 one gets me when words are many transgressions, not lacking. We really open ourselves up to harm others, um, to speak uh, in a way that is not pleasing to God when our words are many. So, and then again, going back to this Exodus 14, this is a very specific situation that he's talking about here in Exodus that Moses is telling the people, but the principle is is very helpful for us. The Lord will fight for you. You have only to be silent. I think we also have to recognize sometimes like these issues um, that we talk about, 
uh, that we've talked about at the beginning, sometimes they are rooted for us in deeply spiritual things, okay? They're in biblical ideas, but we have to make sure that we aren't putting ourselves in the place of God to say, I have to win this for God. I have to take care of this for God. Um, I have to make sure this doesn't happen um, or else God's will won't be done, right? We are all perfectly encapsulated in what God has allowed and what he has disallowed, okay? And we have a responsibility within that, absolutely. He is, his will is that we should obey him, but he is not, and we are very lucky that he has not given us the responsibility to, um, to make circumstances work out favorably for God. That has been fully taken care of, not only on the cross, but in the promise of Jesus' second return, that um, the circumstances are taken care of. The ills that we see in the world, the sin we see in the world, those have been perfectly taken care of by God. It is not ultimately on our shoulders to make the world conform to what God's will is, or else it won't come to fruition, right? God's perfectly sovereign, perfectly capable. We need to view it more as, wow, I'm so grateful that God lets me be even a small part in accomplishing his will on earth. That's really, if we take that attitude, um, that really takes a lot of, of pressure off of us. It takes pressure off of us when we're having these kind of conversations with people that disagree. Uh, think about evangelism. When you think about sharing the gospel with somebody, if you feel like it's my job to save someone, uh, evangelism is going to be a very uh, disheartening activity for you. And it can be very scary. It's kind of scary in the first place, right? If we put ourselves in the wrong place in evangelism and we think it's my job to save people, we're going to be extra disappointed when somebody says, no, I'm not interested in that. No, I don't believe that. Um, but if we take the tack of God is working in the hearts of people, he's called me to be faithful, to share his message. And the Holy Spirit ultimately is going to do the convicting and bringing people to repentance, to believe in Jesus then, you know, it's obviously disappointing when somebody maybe doesn't uh, accept the message of Jesus because you want them to know Jesus like you do, but it doesn't have the added shame of saying, wow, I failed to accomplish this in this person's heart. Okay. If we have the attitude that God is in control, we say, I guess it's not this person's time. It's not what God had for this person today, but I still acted in obedience and I can look back and say, I'm grateful that God allowed me the opportunity to share his message with someone. So a little tangent, but I think the, the principle applies in a similar way. We can feel like we need to um, bridge the gap between a, a societal ill or problem and God's kingdom in a way that's not actually been given to us, right? So uh, now I want to move in just, just some things when you are talking about with someone with whom you disagree. Again, like knowing all of the arenas in which we deal with these this contention, these problems, these things in which there's these really fiery debates about. Um, it's not just in your workplace. It's not just at home. It's not just on social media. It's everywhere you go. Um, and so in, there's pretty much no chance, especially I think with the holiday season coming up, there are going to be lots of opportunities where you're going to be around someone who's going to say something that you're like, nope, I totally disagree with that. I'm in total disagreement. But what I'd encourage you with is whenever you are talking to somebody with whom you disagree, the first step should be to seek to honestly listen and understand rather than give a counter opinion. Okay. Seeking to understand rather than giving an opinion. So ways that you can 
enter into that first, you gotta, you gotta truly want to, to listen and seek understanding. Okay. It's gotta be a heart thing before it's even a, a absorbing knowledge, right? You've got to actually have a heart to want to honestly listen and understand someone. And that can be the hardest part, especially when maybe they're coming at it with an attitude that really rubs you the wrong way. Uh, but making that choice that of being in your heart, just being certain that you are going to say, no, I'm going to seek to understand even when uh, everything they say grates against my my senses and everything I believe, I'm still going to seek to understand. So that's kind of got to be the first thing. You have to have an attitude that is truly wanting to listen, an attitude that is truly seeking understanding, not seeking holes in an argument. There's a difference between that. There may be holes in the argument, but if you're seeking the holes in the argument, you're not really listening. You're looking for a chance to, for your opinion to have a little bit more uh, venom, a little more power behind it. So one practical way you can go about this is asking questions rather than giving counter arguments. If somebody shares something that you don't agree with, I'd love to hear more about why you believe that. I'd love to know um, what thought process brought you to believe that and not asking it in a clearly sarcastic way where uh, it's like, oh, I'd love to know how you came to believe of that. You know, that has a lot different tone and is really more giving a counter argument than actually asking a question, right? But asking questions and, you know, that can be helpful for the other person too sometimes. Sometimes we just kind of parrot something we've heard and we've never actually thought about it. And if we have to explain it, maybe that's a chance for us to really think about it and understand it in a different way. So there's that. Um, And then I'd say another thing that this goes such a long way, affirm places where you agree. Uh, When there's something that somebody says that you agree with, yeah, I totally agree with that. Like, oh yeah, I'm on board. Yeah, me too. Like those kind of things can go a long way, not only to um, helping that person feel like they're heard, but that's building relational equity, building common ground. That's something we, I think, have, that has been lost a lot in some of these um, talk each other down kind of debates is remembering like we have, we have some differences, but we have so much in common, especially if you think about people who all live in the U S all even live in the same city. Like we have so many things in common. We have so many common interests, some, so many things that bind us together. Um, let's, let's capitalize on those. Let's ca- capitalize on that common ground. Um, and on the areas where there's disagreement, put the brakes on, be willing to wait, be willing to wait to say, Oh, I disagree with that. Um, build the common ground first, get that foundation sturdy, um, give that person a reason to think, hey, they're actually, they're listening, they're being honest, they're actually trying to understand um, where I'm coming from, they're even agreeing with some of the things that I say. So that's a huge way to go about honestly listening and trying to understand. And so this uh, process of really seeking to understand and listen to someone has several positive effects okay one is the person will likely start to put their guard down a little bit be a little less combative when they see that you're coming to it this uh, talk is disagreement with a heart to understand maybe they won't feel the need to talk so loudly to use such um, inflammatory language um, to really try to get at you right those things that can kind of happen as we start to talk each other down um, the the words get a little more venom um, it becomes a little more personal. Um, if you're seeking to truly understand, you're showing that person you're seeking to understand, that person's going to be disarmed and probably less combative. You can probably have a much calmer discussion, which is regardless of where you end up, is going to be so much better. Um, because you you want, if you're talking about somebody, to somebody about something of this nature, I bet they're at least somewhat important to you, or at least you want them to be important to you, right? 
So um, that's a way that you can, this person will be like, okay, they're trying to build a relationship with me. The person will feel valued and heard. Honestly, if you went through your day and you didn't do anything but listen to the point where people felt valued as a person and heard, you had a really successful day for the kingdom of God. Okay, that's that's something that we cannot take for granted. People of all ages, of all nations, of all races, of all uh, genders, they want to feel valued. Every person wants to feel valued. Ultimately, as believers, we know our value is found in being created in the image of God. Don't forget the person you're talking to is created in the image of God too. Make them feel like it. Don't make them feel like they're small. Don't make them feel like they're lesser than. Make them feel like they are who they are, which is a person created in the image of God. So when you seek understanding, people feel valued. They feel heard. Um, if nothing else, maybe they'll walk away from your conversation feeling like, hey, I've, I had, I was valued today. That You could do a lot worse than uh, having somebody feel valued. Um, third, you'll understand more about the person. Okay. So when you are really seeking understanding, again, we don't come to any sort of view in a vacuum. Um, when we seek to understand and listen, we will learn more about people and that helps a lot. And we'll talk a little bit more about that here in a couple, but just the idea that you can understand a person better than you did that can grow your relationship. That can help you. Um, when you, when you do have an opportunity to speak, when you, Share, maybe you have an opportunity to share the gospel. That is going to help you a, a lot to be able to understand more about a person. Uh, fourth, you'll earn your right to speak when you listen. Now, let's be real. Some people aren't interested. They are interested in talking. They are not interested in listening. Okay. And I think we also have to know that when we come into a, a conversation seeking to listen and understand, we will not always get that opportunity to speak. And that's kind of something we have to be okay with. And that's one of those things, again, if we think that it's our job to change the world and get everybody on our on our side or else, you know, God's going to be like, oh, no, what am I going to do? If we put that on us, we're going to be very frustrated when we don't get the opportunity to speak. Truth is, we have to be OK with the fact that we may not always get the turn to speak, but that you a listening session can be more valuable than if you got to share every one of your opinions. But for many people. Um, you'll earn the right to speak with them when you show that you're willing to listen. Okay. And then uh, this next one, which kind of goes back to the, the third one, um, you'll recognize a person's deeper needs. Okay. The things we argue about in our culture are a symptom. They are not a cause. Okay. The way that we view the world, the way that we interact in the world is a symptom of deeper needs, not a cause of what, of, of actual heartache. Okay. A person's uh, political views are not actually a cause of the difficulties in their life or the way that they're talking. Rather, they're seeking this uh, value, this issue. Um, they're seeking it as a cure to a deeper need. Okay, Our truest, deepest needs are ultimately met in Christ, but they are sought in many other areas. That Honestly, as believers, even we struggle with this. I know I struggle with this. I say, well, I feel this need for security, maybe I can find it in managing my money really well. Maybe that will finally make me feel safe, you know, whereas my safety is ultimately in Christ. My, my eternal safety is with him. You know, if I run out of money, guess what? One day I still get to be with Jesus forever. There's a lot of safety in that. Um, but we seek it in other ways. So here's just a couple examples and you could add a bunch to this list. Just, these are some, some real needs. These are some deep needs. These are some things we're seeking to be met. Um, a need for love, 
a need for hope, a need for trust, a need for freedom from fear or anxiety, a need for respect, a need for value, a need for safety. Those are just a, just the ones that I thought of off the top of my head, some deep needs that we have that are legitimate human needs um, that we're seeking a solution for, okay? So as you seek to understand someone, you will start to hear those needs come out, okay? You have to have kind of a keen ear. They're not just going to tell you, I really have the need for respect and value. Like, they're probably not going to say that. But you may hear it in what they say if, again, you're listening well and you're seeking understanding. And, you know, that's going to that's gonna help you a lot as you interact with that person. That's going to help you understand them a lot better. And even if you're not having a disagreement, let's say it's just a, a cousin or an aunt or um, brother, sister, like, Knowing, see, hearing that and knowing that, that's going to change the way that you act toward them in all times. Um, so having this opportunity to know people, you'll, you'll recognize a person's deeper needs. And listening is such a gateway to gospel truth, because as you hear those deeper needs, the Spirit's going to remind you of the ways in which Christ meets those needs. But the gospel is rarely displayed in a shouting match. Rarely do people see the beauty of Christ when I'm trying to talk louder than them so that I can be heard and make sure they know my opinion and how right it is. But listening is a gateway to gospel truth. It earns you that right in people's minds. So those are just a few tips. And then just for some application, um, those are kind of applicable. I I would say those are somewhat applicable, but um, here are just some other things just as we seek to uh, apply this, these things that are rooted in scripture that can really help us interpersonally as we just deal with a contentious world. Um, first, be willing to be a good listener. Listen to understand even if you disagree. Uh, don't assume that you know everything about a person's uh, point of view. Um, don't say, oh, well, they said this. I know exactly what A, B, and C following that are. You may not. You may not quite understand, but it, it starts with the point of being willing. We have to be willing to say, you know what? I'm going to be a good listener today. I hope I get a chance to uh, speak truth, what I view as truth, into that. But if not, I want the person to be valued and heard. Uh, another one, affirm that you understand. So when somebody tells you something, affirm, hey, I hear what you're saying. Hey, that makes sense. So what I think I heard you say was X, Y, Z. Am I hearing you right? Oh, goes such a long way. That's a good one for marriage too, Blake. All right. Always good to affirm that you understand. Seek to understand. Make sure you understand. Don't just assume you understand. Again, look for those deeper felt needs, okay? Um, that person, again, is likely seeking the, um, the to meet some need in whatever it is they're passionate about. Um, show them your passion for Jesus. Show them your passion for the gospel and how that meets your needs, but look for those in other people because there's not a need under the sun that is not met in Christ. There's not a single real need that exists in the human heart that is not met in Christ. Look for those deeper felt needs. Think about how could Christ enter into that? How could he be the answer rather than a a strong opinion on um, some cultural issue? Um, I'd say too, watch out for where these conversations take place, okay? Social media, Email, text, large group settings, those may not be the best place. Social media, this is just, this is 100% disclaimer, Blake's opinion. Um, Social media has a great power to divide people. Um, And I think it largely has to do with 
Um, whenever we say something on social media, we are typing it before a screen. We're not saying it to a person's face. We're not looking that person in the eye. I'm willing to do a lot more, say a lot more, be a lot more hurtful when I'm at a keyboard than when I'm looking you in the eye. So knowing that I want to be careful in those mediums where I'm not actually seeing a person. And when I say large group, um, don't like, don't try to get in the match when, you know, if you've got 10 people listening and two people talking because that ups the ante, that gets the adrenaline pumping, right? It may not be the right context. You know, it may not be the right context to talk about this thing. So be careful where, where these conversations take place. Um, so that again, you can have legitimate contact with that person, relational contact. And then finally show godly humility, both in both listening and speaking, ultimately represent Christ, not an issue. We are not boiled down to a single political or cultural issue. We represent Christ as a whole. And if we get too bogged down with an issue, we lose what's really important. Uh, a correct opinion on an issue is not ultimately going to meet everybody's true needs, right? Christ ultimately meets true needs. So that is uh, just what's been on my heart lately. Just some reflection I've been doing, um, just some commentary on just the way our world is. I hope that um, this will give you some some good ammo not to uh, have the best argument, but to have the best demeanor, to um, be countercultural in the way that you interact with people, even when you're talking about difficult issues. And I, my greatest hope is that Christ will be magnified even in the midst of debates about contentious issues, that the opportunity to listen, the true seeking of understanding will give us that place to where we can speak about Christ, something that's objectively true, not a matter of opinion, but that we can point people to the one who meets all needs, both felt, real, everything in between. Christ meets needs and we can bring glory to him.